Folks, it is Mo and McGee on TKD. What a weekend of football. Um, I I have made sure that we are not talking any Vikings throughout the three episodes this week, Kevin. I'm done talking about it. So just don't bring it up anymore. I'm, I'm over it. It was a terrible, no good, very bad day for, for the Mo household. Um, but... Uh, how, how was your weekend, Kevin? It, it was it was good. It was a lot better than the Vikings, that's for sure. And it sounds, doesn't yeah. sound like I'll have many opportunities to get my uh, my stabs in uh, at you. But, man, you are coming across crystal clear. Thank you. I, uh, yeah, it, is, it was uh, my birthday this last weekend, and my wonderful girlfriend purchased a podcast microphone. I'm coming in loud and clear. I mean, you know, I'm I'm – just a few listeners away from being a real professional at this, Kevin. Yeah, all we, all we need is the people. All we need is the head count. Um, yeah. yeah, and now, apparently now I need a mic too because I probably sound like shit next to you. <laughs> you know, got to rise up together, Kevin. Rise up, yeah. Cream rises, um, right? That's, that's the... Well, yeah. Cream rises. That's, I mean, we should make some T-shirts. Uh, talking about cream rises, there's a couple of guys... That uh, I think we want people to remember. Uh, let's start with me. I want I want to start, Kevin, and I'm going to talk about a guy who had been injured, just came back to the field this last week, and kind of showed out in a game I don't think many people expected. And and the Dolphins were tight with the Buffalo Bills, and Devontae Parker was a reason why. Steps in. 11 targets in this game, Kevin. Eight catches, 85 yards, scored 16 fantasy points, uh, 16 and a half if you count those uh, decimals, which I, I think everyone should do. But They all count, right? Every, yeah, they every, all every, every yard counts that way. Um, But I, I, I was super impressed with him stepping in after three weeks off uh, against a tough defense. You know, he does get out targeted by Jalen Waddell. Um, but he commanded a 29% target share. Uh, he had a 33% air yard share in that game. Um, you know, there's not much to, uh, to say, except I think he needs to be on rosters and maybe even, you know, a flex play. I, I would totally agree with that. Um, I mean, to me, one big concern with Devonte Parker going into the season was, okay, they just got Jalen Waddle. Okay. They, they just got Will Fuller. Um, but with those guys going out or, or with Will Fuller being out anyway, and then not returning to practice this week, you for sure have Devonte Parker for one more week. And even at that, it, it seems like he's going to be a factor, even if all three are healthy, um, pushing the ball a little bit more than maybe what we were expecting at one point. So I, I, I like the Devonte Parker pick. I can see him, um, getting some meaningful weeks and cracking some lineups, uh, you, more than once the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my guy to forget is actually a, uh, you know, it's a touch them all. Uh, yeah, it's a committee. Um, it's the Ravens running backs. I, I really don't think you even need to roster any of them. Um, this team has shown, even when they have good running backs, that they like to share the load. Uh, they had J.K. Dobbins. As a rookie, 
you know, usually you like to just pound and you know, pound those rookies because you're on cheap deals. They're fresh legs. They still gave Gus Edwards quite the load last year. Uh, Mark Ingram even had a few touches. But Kevin, in week seven, the last time we saw the Ravens play, Lamar Jackson carried the ball 12 times, which we all expect to happen most weeks, right? Ten carries. Le'Veon Bell was the next leading carrier. Five carries. Devonta Freeman, four carries. Uh, Tyson Williams also got two carries. They did not eclipse 30 yards as a group. The only way these guys are playable is if they fall into the end zone, which it seems like at least one of them might every week, but good luck on, on who that's going to be when Murray comes back. Yeah, so that was going to be my question. With, with Murray coming back, does that change a little bit? We saw Murray being playable in stretches. Um and some spot starts here and there. Um, does he have enough to differentiate, or do you think just going to get lumped in now that those guys are kind of both antiquated with the offense, that it's just going to be not enough uh, snaps to go around for everybody? Well, I stumbled upon a nerd stat of the week, Kevin, and that is percentage of fantasy points uh, from touchdowns. And guess who leads the entire league? in percentage of their fantasy points scored on touchdowns. Well, judging by the conversation, I'm going to go Latavius Murray. Yeah, it's the Tay train. Latavius Murray, choo-choo. 45% of his fantasy points are from touchdowns. 45%, Kevin. Um, You know, as far as touchdown dependency goes, he's a poster boy for it. If he does not score a touchdown, he's not scoring you fantasy points. Um. You know, I'd be willing to to say that I don't think a Ravens running back goes for over 100 yards the rest of the year, which is bold, right? We're we, we're talking about the Ravens, one of the best running teams in the, in pro football. That even when they um, don't, when they aren't running the ball successfully, still want to pound the rock. Absolutely. So I think it's just a a mess with three old running backs who I think they like to use equally and, and all in the same different spots. You know, if Tyson Williams, which I thought looked pretty explosive in the few weeks that he played, could get a hold of this thing, maybe maybe the conversation is different. But it's it's pretty obvious they don't trust him to do that, and so just forget about the Ravens running backs. You know, I I, I think that's fair. Um, moving on to maybe another name to remember, um, I'm going to throw out Tajay Sharp, which is a name that we probably should have forgotten about a season and a half ago. Um, but has found himself in a very unique situation in Atlanta with Calvin Ridley um, taking some personal time. Um, If you look at um, kind of a chart of Calvin Calvin Ridley's snap share versus Tajay Sharp's snap share, you'll you'll see a very negative correlation where when Calvin Ridley's out, that's almost all going um, to big boost for Tajay Sharp. So... um, with Calvin Ridley missing probably at least one game, potentially the rest of the season, we don't know what's going to happen there. A guy to keep your eye on is the guy that's kind of filling into that role of a team that has an opportunity to be um, trailing in the future. They face the Saints next, Cowboys after that, Patriots after that. You know They could be down um, three scores early in all three of those games um, with as good as those teams have been playing at times. So... Uh, Tajay Sharp, put him down as a name to remember. Yeah, I love that, Kevin. And you know I love my air yards. And 
Tajay Sharp commanded a 41% air yard share for the Falcons. Uh, I mean, so that means he had 40%, 40% of the air yards thrown in uh, in that game. So you're right. He, he's going to only grow uh, if Calvin Ridley stays out. Um, we saw Russell Gage. Man, we told you to forget about him a few times, and then Kevin told you to to put him in your flex spot a few weeks ago, and he scored Kevin some points. But holy, That's holy crap, this it. guy! Yeah, he he can't get a target in this game, and and Tajay Sharp comes in, gets six, uh, you know, has a bunch of air yards. So I'm with you, Tajay Sharp, on a team that's going to pass a bunch. I think you gotta gotta keep him on your waiver wire uh, checklist. Now, now the guy that I was going to put down for a name to forget, I had him all marked up, had my little uh, stat sheet ready to go on why you should forget Odell Beckham. Um, gets sent home from practice um, earlier today. He was ready to go, but Brown said, we don't want you here because um, your dad's tweeting out videos about how we don't throw <laughs> you the ball. Um, so I've removed him from a name to forget because you should keep an eye on that. That should be a guy that, you're monitoring closely over the next couple of days. Very high likelihood that he gets cut. Um, you know, probably the only alternative is he just sits out the rest of the season by coach decision. Um, but more than likely gets cut and potentially it lands on a team that's struggling offensively. Um, don't want to say the Chiefs because I would hate for him to end up in the Chiefs. But Chiefs, Packers, you never know where Odell could end up and. I, I think if he lands in the right spot, I think he has some juice left, even if he is still laid up, laid up with the ACL a little bit. Um, I, I think he has potential to really bust out if he's given a change, change of scenery. So after a long preamble, I, I will get to the name to forget well, unless you have uh, something to chime yeah, in. You know, when LeBron James, the, the king of sports, <laughs> is tweeting free OBJ, there's some pressure there, right? You know, Stefanski has to have seen that. You have to um, acknowledge it. I, I don't know if he. I don't know if he gets released. I, I think that would be. You said more than likely. I, I think it's maybe 50-50. Um, it is a big deal that they sent him home. He showed up to practice, sounded like he was ready to ready to go out on the field, and they said, you know, screw you, guy. Um, I think. <laughs> You know, Teams don't do that, to, to be yeah. very, very explicit. That never happens. Um, you know it would be the ultimate turn of fate, Kevin? And you know the team that's the most banged up at wide receiver that I've maybe ever seen? The New York football Giants. <laughs> A little reunion in the cards, Kevin, for Odell Beckham and Danny Dimes? Yeah, you know, yeah, I hate to say it, but it might be better than uh, what he's seeing from Baker Mayfield right now. Uh, not that yeah. Baker Mayfield's a good enough quarterback to uh, have sustainable receivers, but he and uh, OBJ, especially after Baker's comments today, are certainly not on the same page. Yeah. Well, let's hear about your guy to forget, Kevin. So my, my guy to forget is Samaj P. Ryan. Um, it's a name that a lot of you should have forgotten, but I was in two separate leagues where he was in a starting lineup this week. Um, puts up, uh, guess how many rushes he had this week, Logan? I know they like Chris Evans there. I, I wasn't paying attention to that Bengals game. Maybe you won two? He had as many as I did. He had zero rushes. Oh, he did woof. have 
he did have two more catches than me. So, you know, he, 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 he did uh, ch- uh, cash the check there on that. But um, if, if you thought that either of these guys was really going to steal much from Joe Mixon, I, I think uh, you're sorely wrong. Um, Joe Mixon did not run the ball very well, but he still got, I believe, every running back rush in that game, um, was involved in the passing game. That is Joe Mixon's backfield, uh, unless Joe Mixon were to go down, which obviously P. Ryan could be a high upside handcuff. I'd argue that maybe Chris Evans takes all that away. Um, but unless injury were to happen, you can totally forget about Samaje P. Ryan. I agree. They, they want, um, you know, they, they want Joe Mixon to be their workhorse and, uh, he's up for he's up to the task. Like you said, didn't run that well this weekend, but um, you know they don't they pay that guy. I think he's the third, fourth highest paid running back. He's going to be out on the field. Um, nice transition to to get some guys that won't be on the field, Kevin. And there is no bigger topic in fantasy football this this weekend and this week than Derrick Henry going down for the season. I mean, talk about a superstar of all superstars in fantasy. Uh, you know, probably the best fancy asset any guy can have on his team. Uh, Derrick Henry goes down out for the season. Yeah, we will never know how much his workload had to do with that injury. You have to have question marks. Um, even if he is, you know, a demigod and just bowling through people, um, that 30 to 40 carries in the NFL Um it, it is a lot on a weekly basis. Um, but he goes down. Uh, how often do you see a guy have basically season a season-ending injury and then still play two and a half quarters of football after that? It, it's it's really incredible. But um, enough about Derrick Henry. This is about next man up. Um, they did sign AP. I think AP will be a factor. But I think, at least in the short term, Jeremy McNichols is the one to go after. Maybe two weeks, you kind of see that shift over to, okay, we kind of have a certain play style we like to run. It kind of fits AP. Um, we'll, let, let's switch some of the, the carries over there. But at least while AP is getting ramped up, I, I expect Jeremy McNichols for two weeks to, to be the guy to look at. You, you know, Kevin, I'm actually a bigger McNichols fan than sounds like you are. There's a reason why he's been on this team for two years. They had Darrington Evans, who I really loved coming out of college, but he's not going to be a, a, a between-the-tackles workhorse. He's a he's kind of a scat-back pass catcher. Um, Jeremy Nichols had taken over that role since Evans has been out, catching passes. Um, you know, I think Jeremy Nichols takes control of, of this of this running game. Adrian Peterson is 36 years old, Kevin. 36. Very old. Um, you know, he's 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 poor, so he's coming in to cash checks. That's it. You know, I you know, there's this talk that he he wants to overtake Barry and be the number three rusher of all time. That requires for the rest of the season to him him to have 45 rushing yards per game. You know, I, I have a hard time believing he's gonna. Ha- average 45 rush yards a game nonetheless get over 45 rush yards in, in a game you're right he's on the practice squad right now probably going to get called up um 
you know, they also have a guy, Torrey Carter, got eight snaps in this game after, you know, he's from LSU. Uh, he's a fullback, but, um, you know, ran the ball for them. I, I think this is Jerry McNichols' job. I, I want to put my stake in the ground. I think that he is a, is a viable RB3 uh, right now. And if we see that the workload continues, I think he can vault into an RB2 in a, in a really good offense. And I want to have that opinion. The one thing that's holding me back is I thought AP was done three stints ago. And the man just, along the same lines of Derrick Henry, of just being an absolute anomaly. Um, it's what makes me think that he's going to find the field. I don't think they would have reached out if he wasn't going to find the field. Um, if it's maybe not to the extent that um, I'm expecting, I, I very well could be wrong because he is ancient, but um, that that is my big asterisk on, on why I'm, I'm feeling that way. Does it surprise you at all that they didn't pull off like a Marlon Mack trade or, or anything like that? That um, Does that make you a little more confident in Jeremy McNichols that they didn't do something drastic like that? They just went out and got, you know, a 36-year-old running back? Yeah, a, a little bit. Um, the NFL is always notorious for having a pretty quiet deadline. Um, not a lot of big deals. Like in baseball, if somebody if somebody just lost the right fielder, they're going to get a right fielder at the deadline. Um, so I, I, I put some of that towards, you know, it's just the NFL and it's kind of a quieter time. There's going to be a quick turnaround. They didn't, probably didn't have enough time to really shop for who they might have really wanted. Um, but I, at least some of it has to speak to their confidence. And we like what we have. We think we can fill in with um, the guys on the roster, the guys that we can get off the street. Um, there has to be some amount of confidence there, definitely. All right. Well, I think, you know, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it throughout the week, next week, probably. I mean, this situation isn't going away. It's going to be changing. Um, something that also changed is the Saints starting quarterback. Jameis Winston goes down ACL. I don't think anybody was starting him in fantasy. However, Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, everyone pays attention to him. And then uh, I think what we're probably going to spend a lot of time talking about here is, uh, you know, Taysom Hill, he plays some quarterback, Kevin. Yeah, he, he does. Um, it might not look like it with uh, the types of plays that they run, but he does play quarterback. Um, he'll be the guy that's filling in for Winston. I, I don't expect Semyon to really cut in. Uh, unless maybe they go down a couple squares and they just say, well, we, we know what's about to happen here. And uh, they, they swap and send me in. But what we saw last year with uh, Taysom Hill wasn't really getting a lot of volume to those receivers, was scalping a lot of goal line touchdowns from Kamara. Um, if I have any Saints, I'm I'm pretty sad. And, you know, I've gone into some conspiracy theories here before, but I I think slightly Michael Thomas might have been able to come back. And then he saw Taysom Hill was about to come be the starting quarterback. And he's like, no, fuck that shit. I saw what that was like last year. And now the ankle's re-aggravated, going to need a little uh, more time um, and is out for the season. So, I, you know, probably a long shot that that's legitimate theory, but... Uh, but it, personally, what's, what's, I wonder. What's the other side to that, Kevin? That it's the worst ankle injury of all time? 
Is that what we're supposed to believe? Are our ankles supposed to be hurt for what what's this coming up on a year and a half? Years. Yeah. I mean That's... he sat out most of last year. He played a few games, but now he's gonna set out a full year because of an ankle. Adrian Peterson tore his damn ACL off the bone and was running for two thousand yards the next season. Yeah. Um, it- you believe what believe what you want, but yeah, that, that I kind of have a little bit of a theory there that he just Taysom's in, I'm out. Yeah, Taysom Hill is going to be super usable for fantasy because you're right, touchdowns, uh, rushing yards. Uh, he's going to be Jalen Hurts, right? And Jalen Hurts has been a, it has been a top twelve quarterback uh, in fantasy this year. Um, it does worry me a little about a little bit that Trevor Simeon came in played well against a good Bucks team. Um, and, you know, like you said, if they get down a couple scores and say, hey, this Trevor Simeon can throw the ball better than Taysom Hill, let's get him in there and let's see if we can do something. And you lose a you lose a half of a game with Taysom Hill as your starting quarterback. It does worry me a little That'd bit. That would be terrifying, absolutely. Um, so probably a situation, just stay away from any Saint until we, you know, can reevaluate in a few weeks. Um James Robinson had a, had a bit of a an injury, Kevin. Sounds like he could play this week, most likely, uh, you know, as a team that's not going anywhere with the Jags. Why waste uh, James Robinson? Sounds like it might be a Carlos Hyde week. Yeah, I picked up Carlos Hyde in Mega Bowl, so I hope that James Robinson takes his time, gets nice and healthy here. Um, but according to Urban Meyer, Took a big step today. Um, probably not literally a big step, but uh, is trending as day to day. If judging by those comments, I would probably have said 50-50 that he plays this week. Um, but you, you bring up the good point. Why? Why chance it? Um, I, I don't know why you would. You're you're not really going to go anywhere except make yourself have a worse draft pick. So um, hoping it's a big Carlos Hyde week. Um, I, I don't really see anybody else filling in that much. I, I don't think they want to necessarily upgrade the passing game a whole lot with a young Trevor Lawrence. So uh, see a lot of that um, shift on over uh, to Carlos Hyde. Yeah, he had six receptions this last game. Um, showed some juice in in, in that department. Uh, if you you know, for whatever reason, we're starting Carlos Hyde last week. He got your 13 points. Uh, we do need to mention going up against Buffalo this week, probably not a spot where you should be relying on him. Um, finally, a guy who did not go down. However, he uh, he's out. That's Calvin Ridley announced that he's going to be taking some time away from football. We did talk about this, so we're not going to spend too much time. Tajay Sharp gets upgraded. Um Anything else in, you know, Kyle Pitts, he's got to be a top two, three tight end now. Yeah. I mean, which he was have, at the be- Yeah. If you have Kyle Pitts, you're playing him. If you have Cordero Patterson at this point, you're playing him. Um, Russell Gage is the only guy that I'm keeping my eye on, but zero targets last game. Um, you don't feel good about that. So I, I think we have this one covered. Um, it's kind of a wait and see outside of those guys that you're already playing. Um, you know, usually I wait on this for the buy or sell segment, but, you know, I figure if we're talking Calvin Ridley, we can do it now. Are you sending a trade offer to a Calvin Ridley owner? Um, 
Probably not, because I, I don't think they're that stupid. Um, I, you know, to be honest, if I can get them at a low price, I'm gonna, I, I, I'll do it. But um, am I gonna give up a wide receiver two or even a wide receiver three for them? Him at this point, probably not. It, it depends how bad I, I really need the upside there. But um, unless you can get them at a, a real low price. Uh, giving up a bench player for a high upside guy—that's the situation where I'd do it. But I'm not gonna, giving up a starter under any any circumstances. All right, well, let's go into hot or not, Kevin. Uh, I love this segment. Talking about some guys that had a hot week. Do we think it can continue? Um, yeah. This first guy, I'm gonna I'm gonna list some stats here, Kevin. Um, commanded 12 targets this last week. Uh, 23% target share. Had 30% of his team's air yards. Had two end zone targets, Kevin. Um, you know, sounds like a superstar, right? Yeah, the guy's especially, name is, especially if his uh, starting running back is potentially out this week. Yeah, his name's Jamal Agnew, Kevin. Uh, so not a superstar. A guy who I think even in the Jacksonville Jag- Jaguars organization thought he was nothing more than a special teamer. And now he's out there leading the team in targets and air yards. Yeah, I'm super biased in this statement, but how is LaVisca Chenault not miles ahead of Jamal Agnew? Um, I don't know, but it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence think. And they're getting Jamal Agnew the ball. Uh, I I will say um, warm for two weeks and then reevaluate <laughs> on Jamal Agnew. Uh, the, the, they've been trailing. They're going to need to throw the ball. DJ Shark is out. Arvin Jones is maybe more of a downfield guy than what they really want to do with a young Trevor Lawrence at this point. So Jamal Agnew has been the guy that's been soaking it up in the middle, and I think he's going to keep doing it for at least the short term. Yeah, I, I, I was going to go not. You know, I'll kind of agree with you. I'll split the hairs. I'll go lukewarm. Um, you you said it, Kevin. LaVisca Chenault and, Mar- and Marvin Jones are just purely talent, more talented than this guy. At some point, you'd think, okay, why are we feeding 12 targets to this special teamer, career special teamer, when we have LaVisca Chenault, who we took early in the draft, and Marvin Jones, who we paid for in free agency. It's It's... Mind bottling to put you know you put your mind right in a bottle and shake it around a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely, um, especially when you have Lavisca Chenault, who is a bowling ball on open field. The guy tough to tackle. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Go on though. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if he'll ever see twelve targets again, but he is a guy who is you know fair or not commanding a big part of his offense, so you can't ignore it completely. Kenny Gainwell was. Oh, you want to say something? No, I, I was. I was gonna lead us into um, the the next one. What? Oh, it sounds like you had a a big, a big old Kenny Gainwell uh, spiel about to come. I'm, I'm... <laughs> Let me wind that up again, Kevin. <laughs> Kenny Gainwell was supposedly going to take over the lead back duties in Philadelphia um, when uh, Miles Sanders goes down. However. Boston Scott, man, he was the workhorse, uh, scored two touchdowns, uh, had a big day. 
you know, you mentioned it last week, Kevin. You should take credit. You said Jordan Howard is on the roster. He could get in there and scalp a few touchdowns, which he did. Um, but Boston Scott really was the guy between the 20s. Um, and he was the guy that, you know, kind of took over. at 12, 12 carries, 60 yards. Uh, didn't have any catches, which is a little disappointing, but got you 18 fancy points. Does this continue as long as Miles Sanders is out? I, well, I, you know, I have a question for you. So, Kenny Gainwell doesn't really get a lot of touches, but the Eagles hopped up, hopped up ahead 41-7 or something like that pretty pretty quickly. Surely it was just uh, game load management, right? Even when they're up, they weren't giving him the ball. No, uh, yeah, ex- exactly. They, he didn't touch the ball until really that much. He had, I think, seven seven carries, and six of them came in the fourth quarter. So he was literally the third guy in. Um, I don't know how but that went from a Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell to now a Boston Scott and Jordan Howard offense when Kenny Gainwell's perfectly healthy. Um, but it has, uh, at least in the one-week sample against the Lions. So until I see different, I'm, I'm not dropping Gainwell. I'm picking up Boston Scott. I'm proceeding as if what we saw is is true. But until you see different, man, I'm just puzzled on this one too. Yeah, I, I think I saw it best in Eagles uh, fan who is a fantasy guy. Um, was following and you know they're just as confused these eagles fans who watch every minute of every game they said they were like so we take miles sanders who's supposedly our best running back off the field for kenny gainwell in big time situations the first seven weeks miles sanders goes down and then gainwell goes you know nowhere that doesn't make any sense right kevin and this is a frustrating part about fantasy football is you watch all these weeks you think you know what the team is going to do, right? This has been the Gainwell-Sanders show. So Sanders goes down. You know, you, you figure Boston Scott gets in there, but it's going to be the Gainwell show with Boston Scott opening. That's the opening act. Exactly. Uh, you know, Kenny Gainwell was running security for, for Boston Scott <laughs> and, and, and Jordan Howard. Absolute mop-up duty, yes. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to call it hot. Uh, but Boston Scott needs to be on rosters and, and probably deserves to be in flex consideration against the Chargers who who kind of stink at run defense. Definitely. Um, how about moving on to uh, our next pair of players? Um, and, you know, with, with the games this last weekend starting on Halloween or pl- being played on Halloween, maybe we should – Temporarily rename the statement trick or treat instead of hot or not. Um, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, trick or treat. Tyler Lockett, Kevin, commanded a 60% target share, had 13 targets, and then commanded a 70% air yards share. 124 air yards for this guy. Um DK Metcalf gets in the end zone, so they're both usable this week. They're both actually more than usable. They're good for you. Uh, Wide receiver one uh, days for both of them. We've talked about Tyler Lockett before, Kevin. 
you know, these games happen with him once, twice a, a season. Coaster. It is. The thing that I, I, I mean, I, we know now this is easily repeatable for DK Metcalf. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. So, you know, treat DK Metcalf. It's a trick, Tyler Lockett. Uh, you know, sounds like Russell is maybe back after the bye week. Uh, got the pin out of his out of his finger. Uh, he was running two minute drills all, all in both games, <laughs> you know, getting in fake huddles. Mr. Unlimited. He's so unlimited. He's unlimited. He's he's unlimited. He can run a two minute drill with no ball and no players. Uh, yeah, he is truly <laughs> unlimited. Um, but even when he comes back, we saw we've seen it. For the last few years, Tyler Lockett just too streaky to to depend on as a wide receiver too. No, you you love playing him in your flex. Um, generally, you have to either have hammered wider or hammered wide receiver in the draft, or you know gotten lucky with some trades um, in order to be able to do that, uh, so that you can kind of ride that roller coaster and feel good about it. Um, but I, I'm with you. We know that he's going to be up or down. Uh, looking at their schedule, there's a, a pretty good mixture of decent defenses, um, but then also some some really, really bad pass defenses. So e- even if he were just a normal non-Tyler Lockett wide receiver, it would probably be a roller coaster. Um, but, you know, just take that to the power of five with him. Um, I'm a, Because he has the, win, win, the weak-winning potential, I will go – you know, treat with Tyler Lockett, but you know he he's a not very good treat. Maybe a Mr. Goodbar, um, uh, and DK <laughs> Metcalf. Uh, you know, that's a Snickers. Yeah, that's a Snickers. Leaves you satisfied. Um, <laughs> like the like the goalpost there, but uh, uh, DK Metcalf, weak winning potential too. Um. I mean, he's his yards per reception this season have been, you know, usually around 15 yards, which is solid. As long as he can get five or six, he's playable, no problem. And he usually finds the end zone once or twice. So definitely, definitely a treat there with DK Metcalf. Yeah, one more thing on Tyler Lockett, too. I think, you know, I might have mentioned this before, and we did talk about this, but uh, – the problem with Tyler Lockett, you mentioned it, you probably don't have the luxury to just stash him in your flex um, because his price is high. Uh, he's he's ranked as the 20th PPR receiver this year in total points. But that masks how truly awful he was from week three to week seven, where he did not score more than 10.7 fantasy points. So, you know, he has three big games this year, and all of a sudden he's a you know, ooh, Tyler Lockett's a wide receiver too. No, he isn't. He he's a boom bust flex guy who can win you a week if uh, if he gets force fed. So absolutely, uh, rant over. Let's talk about Elijah Mitchell, a guy who uh, has had 200 yard games in a row. Uh, he's a little banged up, Kevin. But do you think Elijah Mitchell has taken a stranglehold of the 49ers backfield and can? be a usable and, and maybe dependable RB2 for the rest of the season? Uh, I, I can't say dependable wide receiver. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, 49er wide receiver. Oh, holy fuck. 49er <laughs> running back. 
I can't say that anyway, let alone in the same sentence. Um, no, you have a tough time trusting the running back core um, there for San Francisco. Uh, you never know when Shanahan's just going to decide, you know what, Jermichael Hasty is pretty good. Um, we are going to give him the ball 20 times. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, you're just going to ride pine. I I can't get on board with all in on Elijah Mitchell. I'm playing him until I see a reason not to. I you, you, you with as good as those 49er running backs are, um, you have to keep playing him. Um, but you do have DJ Wilson coming back at some point. There's just a lot of question marks for me to go all in on saying I'm uh, I, I'm confident in him rest of season. Um, but at least week to week, yeah, I, I'm, I have no problem playing him as an RB2, definitely. Yeah, I think just those, uh, you know, 100-yard games are, are big, right? When you're playing, when you're uh, a, a running back who's not getting a lot of receptions, which he's not. It's it's kind of the Jermichael Hasty show as, as far as that goes. But Only four catches um, on the season, yep. Yeah. Um, so he he's really you know, yard and touchdown dependent. But Kyle Shanahan schemes up a run game. No one can argue that. And if if he's the guy, he's getting going to get a lot of attempts. At, and as we've seen, he can take advantage of him. You're right. Uh, I don't know. I kind of spaced out there, Kevin. But did you, Mike, did you, did you mention Jeff Wilson Jr. coming back potentially in two yeah, weeks? Yeah, I called him DJ Wilson, which is a linebacker. But, <laughs> yes, Jeff Wilson Jr., um, I, you said DJ DJ Wilson. I was like, who the hell is that? And it kind of got me on a different tangent. But Jeff Wilson Jr. comes <laughs> back, uh, a guy who can't, Kyle Shanahan likes, and it does scare me as as a guy who owns Mitchell in multiple leagues. Um, does scare me a bit. But I yeah yeah I think that's going to do it this week um, or not this week but for this episode on Moan McGee on TKD. Uh, this was the recap episode. Any any final words there, Logan? <laughs> that was a clusterfuck end of that episode, Kevin. Holy shit. Um, no, but we'll get it back it together, folks. We're going to splice you know, we, that we, out. We'll, we'll, we'll snip, snap, you know, snip, snap. Uh, we'll, we'll get it back together. Um, but, yeah, Moan McGee on TKD. Hopefully everyone got some wins, you know, at, as a fantasy expert myself, I'm winning. I want each of my leagues, all four of them. Um, I'm on a kind of a hot streak, uh, working for playoffs and all of them. So, you know, hopefully, you know, you're not like Kevin and and sucking ass. Hey, I, I got a nice ready win. You know, we're, we're going to talk about some of the most satis- satisfying things in fantasy football. That may be one of them. Um, all right, that'll be on a future episode. Looking yeah, forward to will- talking to you again on, on a future one, Logan. Will do. Strategy episode up next. See you, folks.